Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Didn't feel we had anybody and then just kind of took off. And usually the cavalry gets there a lot faster. But on that one, for some reason, I was able to get to the front pylon. And uh, I had no idea how much it means to the old linemen when I run. They said it was... It was, it was just a big deal to them. I didn't realize that. If I had known that, maybe I'd run more. So uh, it, it, for some reason, they really liked it. Oh, yeah. Oh, cookie boy. Kirk Cousins. That's right. He was in those legs. Oh, snapping to a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Macho Mackey here with the... Uh, I don't know what the hell we're looking at on the right side of the screen here. Oh, Looks like uh, Jared Allen gave birth to uh, Jim Polad's... Uh, <laughs> Skull cap or something. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm just a, out for a little bit, bit of sunshine in my nice twins hat here. And I got my, uh, my, I, you know what's funny? It's supposed to be a mullet, but it's far more like a, like a 1980s glam rock type of, uh, look. Those like, were actually sort of mullets, though. They were just long mullets. I guess. It was, it's they just, were, they were kind of shaved up top, you know, on the sides. It's very much like a Goldilocks look to me. <laughs> With a long, to go see that to Jared mullet. Allen's face. No, and see what I would not. Yeah, Macho Man, I would never say that to Jared <laughs> Allen's face. No, oh my God, no. Yo, Macho Mackey sees you, Green Bay Packers. You're like an open book. That's right, an open book, and read you like a book. Coming out of your 30 years of great quarterback play, uh, this is daily Minnesota sports therapy. Speculation entertainment here. It's a Vikings Victory Monday, and you can mm-hmm. find Purple Daily Victory Monday hoodies and shirts now over on scorenorth.com slash shop. That's scorenorth, S K O R North dot com slash shop. And uh, because the Vikings are six and one, I think we should wave the flag oh, here. With Judd's flag mullet, or at least on. wave the mullet. Hold on. Oh, Stella, give me the flag. Great. Thank you very much. There it is. Look at that. Waving in the wind. Uh, Joe, we'll start with you on this Statements Monday here, and we'll get to some more Packer vent line. We played a couple clips over on Purple Day. There's more where that came from here on Mackie and Judd today, but uh, we'll start with you on a Statements Monday on Mackie and Judd. Okay, my first statement will be um, probably pretty obvious off what we saw yesterday, but it remains a huge part of the Vikings' success story, and it's on the defensive side of the football, and the statement's very simple. Zadarius Smith has been a godsend. Zadarius Smith has been a complete godsend. It was a, I would classify it as a high-risk, high-reward type of signing. But even in my wildest dreams, I never thought that seven games into the Vikings season, Zadarius Smith would lead the National Football League with eight and a half sacks. And that so far, knock on wood, there has been no downside. Like he's been hurt. He keeps playing. The cream of the crop. His, yeah, the cream of the crop. Kept playing. The cream rises to the top. Yeah. Which way do I go? So, and Zadarius Smith, of course, paid homage to our guy, Jared Allen, after yes. a sack with the calf roping thing. Uh, this has been this has been a great signing. It's worked out perfect. And with Daniil Hunter having three sacks and, Z- and Zadarius having three sacks on Sunday, it has really been one of the smartest moves that the Vikings have made. So is he their best defensive player? I think he I don't think it's close. He's just their best defense. They just signed a guy who is out with a back injury, hoping that he could get back to his previous form, and he's just their best defensive player. Yes. I don't think there's any debate, right? Man. 
Yeah, and it's uh, there's a Daniil Hunter conversation to be had here. He hasn't been bad, but the sack results haven't been there. But Zadarius has played in 3-4 defenses. He just kind of knows how to get to the quarterback in ways that maybe Daniil doesn't in this type of formation and system. Do you get on on the um, immense amount of advanced statistics, do you ever see a statistic that documents how often guys are double teamed on defense? Uh, I don't think that particular statistic exists because it's very, there's a lot of gray area exactly. there. Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah, I feel like Hunter probably remains or ha- has been a focal point at times too. But again, there has to be a guy um, who it's going to pay off for. And it's paid off for Smith. So it's been a great signing. And plus, he's a bargain right now. Yes, he is. As you can find at vikingswire.com. Vikingswire.com. Written that's by Judd Zolga. Yeah. Published early this morning. Available right now for your consumption. Thank you very much. All right, Dex. Statement. All right, my first statement off that Vikings win is you cannot ignore Justin Jefferson. Um, I'm not saying that the teams are uh, the defense uh, opposing defenses are ignoring Justin Jefferson. I'm saying from the Vikings side, they cannot ignore JJ. So... In the first series, great, great start. He had a 28-yard chunk play to set up uh, the, the initial touchdown. But then from the third-minute mark in the first quarter, Justin Jefferson was not targeted again until the second half, midway through the third quarter. So they went basically almost two full quarters' length of time without targeting their number one wide receiver. And when you look at the 30,000-foot uh, view of his game yesterday, right, 98 yards, he still had eight targets. But I think there's still these lapses where they just, for whatever reason, aren't targeting their guy. And yes, is he getting doubled? Is the other te- defense is doing all their all their best to focus on shutting down probably the best weapon on the Vikings' offense for sure? But figuring out ways to get him the ball. Look at DeAndre Hopkins yesterday. He had like 12 targets, 13, 14, or uh, t- 10 or 12 receptions, 13, 14 targets. He was a monster. He, Kyler Murray is finding him all over the field. The Vikings have to figure out ways to continue to get Justin Jefferson the ball and going about two quarters length of time without targeting your best receiver, in my opinion, is malpractice to use one of Judd's favorite words. Well, you know, so just look at the target numbers. The Vikings threw 31 passes. Jefferson had only eight targets, which right there, that just feels off. Like, okay, you're going to throw the ball 31 times. Jefferson should probably get minimum 10 Probably more like 12, 13 targets, right? Um, and then you look and see, okay, Dalvin Cook had six targets. Irv Smith had four. So those guys had a combined 10 targets. That that doesn't feel like how you scripted it up. It doesn't feel like, oh, we're going to go in and Irv Smith and Dalvin Cook are going to combine for uh, more targets than Justin Jefferson. That feels like checking down to your second and third reads because it's too risky to throw the ball to where Justin Jefferson is, which is something that they continue to work through and according to Judd who was watching the sidelines assuming with his binoculars up in the press box field like glasses hawk, were in play field, field glasses, glasses in play mm-hmm. uh, there were a few spirited conversations between KOC and Kirk Cousins yes there were um, but you know what this is part of the interesting dynamic about the maturation of how they're going to make this work because I'm with you I don't think KOC forgets about Jefferson. I think this is purely based on what Kirk is comfortable with. And the contested catch that Jefferson made, beautiful catch, nice pass, is the type of pass Kirk hates to throw. And so somewhere in in here, there is probably, at the very least, for Jefferson, Kirk, and KOC, a happy medium of how it should work, and I don't think it's there yet. Yeah. Because Declan's not wrong. Like, there should not be long periods of time where, where you're just like, oh, Justin Jefferson must be covered. We're not going to throw. He's too dynamic. You don't have enough dynamic receivers, which is why if you get a, one more guy who can be a little bit more of a uh, downfield threat, it's going to help things out because that would at least then give you two guys who can take the top off the defense, where right now it's basically one yeah. guy. We oh, yeah, take that top right off the defense. Right, right, right off the, the top. Right, right off the, the top. Yeah. Vertical. Go vertical. All right, my first statement here. Statements one in. The Vikings need not apologize for playing and winning close games. There's nothing Macho Maggie likes more than a close shave. Yeah, close shave smooth as a baby's bottom. Uh, this is a positive attribute. I think I, I maybe it's just like of the vacuum that I'm in, you know, 
uh, going through like Purple Daily comments and tweets and stuff, but there's just a lot of people that are angsty about the way the Vikings are winning games. And yes, at some point it would be nice if they just throttled someone. Okay, you jump out to a 14-3 lead, go score 40 points and make it a no-brainer. You know, don't stall out offensively uh, late in the second quarter. Right? Like, there's def- definitely things that I'd like to see them be better at. But in the end, if they're playing in close games in the fourth quarter and they're winning them and they're finding ways to win and get stops on defense and score that last touchdown or respond to, you know, trailing for the first time in the third quarter, um, I don't like, I don't wring my hands at the way they're winning as much as some other people do. I understand, again, you'd like to create some more separation and show that you can blow someone out once. Uh, but I actually think this is a positive thing that we're seeing so far with these close victories. Yeah, I agree completely. Yes, I would like to see them. There are times where it feels like they could definitely go on runs and create separation. And they did at one point yesterday and then, of course, and ended up trailing at one point in the third quarter. Uh, but as we've talked about for weeks now, this is also this league. Like the Vikings aren't this weird team. Oh, you're playing close games, and every other good team's winning by you know twenty points. So the majority of this league, if you're not named the Buffalo Bills or Kansas City Chiefs, probably win games this way. And you don't need to apologize too, because what's being proven is you might not be great, but the but the rest of your conference for sure is probably not as good as your team. It's interesting that San Francisco is starting to creep back a bit. They they shellacked they're, the Rams, very good. and good McCaffrey had a huge game. San Francisco is going to be, I, I think, a very much a second-half team to watch. I think there's going to be a couple of teams in the conference that start to create separation and play well, and I think San Francisco is one. And I'm curious if the Eagles come back to earth a bit because they look real so far. I mean, they, they shellack Pittsburgh, which isn't good, but they still did what we're asking the Vikings to do, which is they basically ran the score up on yeah. Pittsburgh. So San Francisco just – they they did lose a playoff game last year to the Rams, right? But they, they, they've won like eight straight regular season yep. games against the Rams. So they, yep. just, they just oddly own the Rams. But, yeah, that is, a, that is a team that's better than their record indicates. I don't know that Seattle's going to be standing there at the end, but Seattle right. probably get they're probably in the playoffs at this point, just based on some of the other crap we're seeing around. Atlanta's in the playoffs at four and four in the South. God, I know Atlanta totally rebuilding in Atlanta transition quarterback. Um, all right, back to Judd. I mean, it's incredible. All right, my next statement is this: It's time to make a deal. You know what I'm talking about? Today, Halloween. A lot of people love it. It's a lot of fun. Time for candy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow's time for football players to invade TCO Performance Center in the form of potential deadline trades. Uh, There are positions at which the Vikings can definitely upgrade, and I don't know that the price is going to be like we can't pay that price as far as the compensation going back to the teams that make the trades potentially with the Vikings. We talked about wide receiver is one because it's a sexy position, and I firmly believe that with Thielen seemingly going down on a weekly basis, the Vikings need another receiver, bit more speed, guy that can stretch the field and complement Justin Jefferson. Uh, but I think we're going to find out at Kevin O'Connell's press conference later today about the health of Dalvin Tomlinson, who I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to miss a couple of weeks. And defensive tackle was not a position of, of great strength before this. Tomlinson has certainly been a key player. But it wouldn't, uh, I don't think it would be a bad idea to try to add depth there. Again, I'm not saying go trade for a Pro Bowl player, but if you could add competent depth, it might help. So it's time to play. Let's make a deal, Quasi. I'm not asking you to give up the farm, mortgage the future, but I am saying you're clearly being presented with an opportunity here. You have what's clearly a good team, and it's very much online to win the division and make the playoffs. And bolstering the roster a little bit wouldn't be the worst idea in the world right now. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off that and tell you that in part because they don't have a deep threat wide receiver to play next to Justin Jefferson. My statement is the Vikings are winning a bunch of games despite the fact that Kirk Cousins has been terrible by his standards. All right, and terrible by his standards doesn't mean terrible like relative to the rest of the league. He's still, he's a good quarterback. 
But he has right now, we're halfway through the year almost, career lows in QBR, passer rating, yards per attempt, um, completion percentage is the, is the second lowest since uh, 2017. It was it was a little bit lower. But they're winning games despite all these things. He's just, he is, his average depth of throw is among the lowest in the league, so he's not throwing the ball on the field. And if you give him another weapon, he probably does, because he throws a nice deep pass. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that there's a lot of guys breaking open on deep passing routes. Um, but it's kind of amazing how for years and years and years, he would put up these ridiculous back of the football card stats. And his teams would always just be a gravitational pull toward 500. I mean, he literally had a, had a 500 record exactly after 120 career games coming into the season. And now he's having this, he's just not playing that well. He's not as accurate. The eye test would tell you he just doesn't look like he's playing at full speed. The numbers would bear it out. And yet, because the things around him are better and well-coached and well-schemed, and when they get to the red zone, they're cashing in at a higher percentage because Kevin O'Connell draws up great plays. Um, They're doing all this damage in the win column, despite the fact that he hasn't really joined the party yet to his fullest capabilities. So maybe getting him a deep threat wide receiver would help just unclog things for him. But, um, yeah, it's kind of amazing how you look across the board and, like, his stats are just down. A guy that has prided himself off stats, stat like all of his crusader, you know, uh, fans. Just look at his stats, look at his stats. It's like now it's it's the opposite. And I think you'd rather have the team success than the Kirk Cousins statistical success with a 500 record. So you can't complain too much, but I would like both. <laughs> it is possible to have both, a quarterback that performs at his peak capabilities and a team that wins a bunch of games. It does happen, shocker, in the NFL from time to time. I don't know what's going to happen with the this guy, and if it does, I don't know when. That's what I don't. That's what I can't figure out. I mean, they are clearly O'Connell is clearly managing Kirk as he sees fit, as best as possible. And it's clear there's times where Kirk is doing things O'Connell does not like. Um, but yeah, I'm very, I'm very curious. Just talking about Kirk Cousins, if you can marry the statistical Kirk to the Kirk that is currently on a six and one team. And the thing is, even when he's playing fairly poorly, again, like relative to his career, this is as bad as it gets statistically. Yep. But it's not near bad enough to say, oh, you got to bench him or something, right? He's not out there just throwing interceptions, you know, six per game. He, he At the very least, he has a very high floor. He's not going to just shipwreck games for you. So it, it's hard to just like move on because, oh, you know what? At worst, he's keeping you in games, and he's right. and he's you know he's he's competitive, right. and he's a game manager, as you pointed out on Purple Daily today. He's a very good game manager. At some point, he is. If you really want to win a Super Bowl, you you probably need more than what he's giving you. And if the answer is well, then you need to put better things around him. Well, you can't afford to just put a perfect thing around him. That's where like the deep threat wide receiver. Well, there's a couple guys out there that have cap hits of twenty five million dollars. You can't fit them on your team if you want to also extend Jefferson. And uh, have Kirk under contract for years to come. It just doesn't. It doesn't work like that. I think what we're learning is this. I I think that what Kevin O'Connell's trying to do with Kirk is far more probably mental than physical. We uh, he's taking him out of his comfort zone. Mental game, mental side. But I mean, yeah. Just think about this for a second, okay? Why is Kirk all of a sudden not as accurate on throws that he has been making for probably twenty years? Why is he not? Like, he didn't lose his touch about, oh, my God, I can't think of how to. He is getting a little older. He is getting a little bit, but I think it's because he's being being challenged to go outside his comfort zone at times, which is not a bad idea. But I think think a lot of stuff with Kirk comes down to between the ears and doing things that Kirk doesn't like to do. O'Connell, fortunately, can ask those things and at least take a step towards getting them. I just don't know how far it can actually go, though, Phil, to be what you're talking about, which is really a standout type of quarterback who can do the right things, not submarine games, and also put up statistics that he did for years, which were the stats of a 500 quarterback. You know, he uh, he's all about risk management, mm-hmm. really, and that's fine. Sometimes you need a little bit more as a quarterback, but as a business owner, you love risk management. Companies like Federated Mutual Insurance Company that 
can help protect your business against unwanted risks, can help guide you through crises and navigate choppy waters. It's like having a, just a great guiding hand sitting on the shoulder of your business. Federated's been around for over 100 years, maximizing the success of businesses. You can find out more about what they can provide at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Uh, the purple positivity candle also being lit all across Vikings Nation here, Judd. And if you don't don't have yours, I Sports has one question for you. Why not? Spiral light candles light the has flame. Yeah, light the flame. produced yeah. produced Judd's purple positivity candle, and it came out before week one. And you know what? Now, if you have one, you can burn it almost every Sunday. All oh, the scent, burn the Walmart. Fantastic. Don't burn it to the ground. I want your house safe. I want you safe. But you, the aroma's fantastic. The candle spiral light, yes, it burns spirally, but then there's a wick at the end that you can continue to burn. If you know what? Vikings play a lot of nail biters, right? Games are too close. You're like, oh my gosh, my heart is it's pounding. How can you calm yourself? There's nothing like a candle to calm down. Spiral light candles the purple positivity candle and also many other choices of great candles they are fantastic gifts the holidays are coming you know what the holiday scream for that's right some really nice scented candles spiralightcandles.com and tell them sports dad told you to drop on that all right my next statement after uh, vikings went over the cardinals is patrick peterson is back baby so pat p with another big game yesterday uh three pass deflections few tackles um, going into this game, and this data is not available yet, at least on pro football reference side of things, opposing quarterbacks only have a 52 passer rating when targeting Patrick Peterson this season. Now, Ooh. that's 35 targets, so, you know, relatively small sample size. But in general, a veteran quarterback, when you hit 32, 33, you start to slow down. And last year, it was a fine year. He was an average cornerback. He certainly wasn't a detriment to the Vikings, but obviously a far cry from being the all-pro that he was in the early part of his career with the Arizona Cardinals. This year, it seems like he's just having a resurgence. Um, the big pass deflection to, to knock out a touchdown yesterday in the first half was a huge play. It just seems like Pat P., who's always been a leader off the field, both in Arizona and Minnesota, you can tell he was really fired up yesterday. He's He does not like Steve Geim. He does not like how Jordan Hicks was disrespected as well. It just seems like Patrick Peterson, who is a leader on this team off the field, is actually back on the field and being the shutdown corner he was in the first half of his career. Yeah, it's a, it's the resurgence of Patrick Peterson. We were kind of talking before the season. Boy, okay, where's Booth going to get some playing time? Right? Is it going to be? It's probably not going to be Dantzler because he's going to take a step forward. Could they? Could we see a changing of the guard? But he's been one of their stable forces defensively. And um, I, like at this point, I think it was a foregone conclusion a few months ago. Yeah, it's probably his last season as a Viking. I mean, if he's just going to be a good veteran presence, I. Don't know that I would say that anymore if he wants to stick around and play at a high level or switch to safety at some point like Charles Woodson did to extend his career. I'm very intrigued by the resurgence of Patrick Peterson. The last two games, uh, Zedaria Smith and Peterson have been fantastic. Because the the Dolphins game, I think Peterson was credited with two or three pass breakups and had a late pick in that game as well. Uh, Those two veterans, the last two games specifically, statistically, have been just marvelous. Amen. So, Amen. That's the good news. Um, I think we need to take a break here and uh, and and pause these Viking statements so that we can make fun of the Packers. The Packers dropped to three and five yesterday. Just in the, they kind of like sat up like the Undertaker at the end of the game, and uh, I don't know. They tried to make it a game late, but really it wasn't. They just got smoked by the Buffalo Bills. They're now off to their worst start in the history of Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback here. Like, they've never been 3-5 and five or worse after after eight games. And so with that, we turn it over to the fan in Green Bay to hilariously listen to drunk Packer fans complain about their favorite team. It is Packer Ventline on Mackie and Judd. I'll tell you, that game, you know, what a, what a bunch of babies to watch, you know, pushing each other after every play, and you got... Quay pushes somebody over there, and then during the game, they're pushing them and wanting penalties. Going down there, doing the highlights, you got Jones wiping his jersey off on a first first down carry. But of course, when they had fourth and one, he got crushed. I know he's, you know, there was, everybody's in the backfield, but I mean, what a bunch of babies to watch that game. A bunch of babies. <laughs> like Randy. It sounds like Randy. 
What was going on? I wonder if it is Randy. It might, it may, is it Randy? Does Randy, Randy have a cousin that's a Packers fan? Name, yeah, Randy. Uh, yeah, that guy That guy was slightly overserved. Uh, all right, let's hear from some more sad, drunk Packer fans. The Packers really screwed up on not finding uh, a receiver. You know, you, you you threw some darts, you missed. It's it's really shameful that uh, that you guys didn't go out and really get something good for Aaron. Whatever with that, um, you know, tonight it was it was it was quite embarrassing, quite frankly, and that's just me. Being a diehard Viking fan. Oh wow! We had a Vikings diehard fan. Vikings fan guy. High jacket infiltrating. That's getting to be a thing now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder if we could participate in that. Yeah, it's oh, actually really. Oh, good we idea. Should, well, we're usually doing our own. I guess last night we could have done that. We, yeah, we, we could night. have. Yeah, I got we should l- do that more often. I got a little ripped in the uh, comments during Ventline yesterday for putting a Cardinals fan uh, on Ventline yesterday, but he was more of a mixed man. He was a Cardinals he was fan, a mi- yeah, he, but he also liked the Vikings. I know, good perspective to have. Good perspective. Actually, to have. you know, actually, what we should do is is we we should get a few folks from our Purple Daily family to infiltrate, <laughs> and then we'll pull the calls and play them. What's that station again? It's the Fanning WDUZ WDUZ in Green Bay. The fan in Green Bay. I think it's one hundred seven point five. Right. Okay. Well, let's put the call out right now to Mackie and Judd listeners, viewers, Purple Daily listeners, viewers. I don't know what their phone number is, but you can probably find it on their website for their call-in show. Yep. Next time the Packers lose, infiltrate that show. Yep. Start your take with something Packers related, but that so that, you know, you're you're kind of hooking them in. Yep. But then turn it into something pro Vikings or anti Packers and end it with Skull Vikings. Yep. I love Purple Daily. Or yes, or or you go, you start, you know, it was Rogers' problem today, and then conclude with, and I only got one thing left to say: Skull Vikings, yeah. we're gonna purple <laughs> daily hang up. Yes, I would love to hear this, and then we will play the clips on our show. Hundred yeah. percent credit you completely and recycle it for content purposes. <laughs> um, um, these Packer fans, I think what's the funniest? We'll we'll play more clips here though. They just don't know how to cope with this starting three and five and having a bad offense is not something that they are equipped to deal with mentally they just they haven't been through this before so I struggle between just laughing at them hilariously and also feeling a little empathy like oh you've just oh poor Packer fan you've you've had Hall of Fame quarterbacks for 30 years I agree with that last caller and I was thinking this guy's pretty level-headed of course he's a Vikings fan why are they not in the conversation for Odell Beckham Jr.? He's not. It's not even like a conversation they, that he would go play for the Packers. Why would they, you not bring Odell Beckham Jr. in to play with Aaron Rodgers? They were initially, and I think uh, what got out is, as far as I can tell, the Packers aren't on his list. Because why would you want to go play there now? They're three and five. Well, but, but like, but even he like wants to join a champion a month a, ago, couldn't they have signed him? Got out in front of it when they were, you know, still above five hundred. Um, but they're just never in the mix for a guy like that, is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, I don't know why that. Yeah, that that goes back to Ted Thompson. It was the whole. I think part of the issue with Ted and Favre goes back to around the time that Moss was traded to the Patriots from the Raiders. Favre was politicking hard at some point around then to get Moss because at that point it would have made perfect sense. And Ted's like, no, we don't pay guys like that. Uh, It's a very, I don't understand the Packers beyond developing their own receivers, their reluctance. And what's really weird about this, about the Packers is this in 92. So they trade for Brett, but you know, their biggest move, their splash that changed the franchise more than Brett immediately was Reggie White signed by Ron Wolf as a free agent. Because God what? told Reg to go to Green Bay. It brought so them a Super Bowl. Yeah, but I mean, it's, so, it's not like, so it's not like they built their dynasty on the shoulders of only drafting and development. Reggie White was really the difference maker. Guys came to Green Bay then because of Reggie White. Yeah. The other funny thing about Packer fans, too, is they, they love to go look across the border at Vikings fans and say, well... You had to do it with our quarterback, Brett Favre, or I'm sure now it's like, well, yeah, you're doing it on defense with our guys, Darius Smith. Well, you're the idiots hey, that cut bait on those players when they weren't cooked yet. Yep. 
And so the Vikings said, oh, Brett Favre's available. Oh, that's awesome. We'll just pick him up and go win 12 games, beat you twice. And then, of course, like yeah. we all know how this usually ends. But, uh, I mean, Zadarius Smith, yeah, he's going to do another Packer, another Packer player. Uh, yeah, well, he's still in his prime and clearly healthy again. So you're the idiots <laughs> that made think- him just available for any team to sign. So he wanted you- to stay there. Obviously, his feelings are hurt. If you think about this right now, you've got two, if not three. I don't know Hicks counts full-time here, but uh, Patrick Peterson and Darius Smith are on revenge tours, flat out. Yeah. Like, anyone who dismisses the human element of what drives a guy, don't. Those two guys are bound and determined to show their ex-teams. And, I mean, I think when when the Baltimore thing, I don't know why it fell through, it fell through, Darius Smith signed here for the exact same reason Brett did, which is I want to stick it to the Packers. Let's hear from some more drunk, sad Packer fans. Go, Pack, go! You know, you watch NFL pregame shows, and it's amazing how you lose a couple of games rookie in a row. A couple, three. And you 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 fall from you go from uh, media darlings to medium out you know media outcasts. It's you know it's our society. It's like you know the expression "What have you done for me lately?" And it's a it's a immediate gratification society. This guy, <laughs> what? God, oh dude. man, this is hilarious. So this guy says you lose twenty five percent of your schedule, all the games in a row that you should still be ranked among the best teams in the NFL. That's his logic. Because of society. That's society the- is falling and crumbling, and that's why the Randy Moss rips my team on Sunday, NFL countdown. That sounds okay. like a guy who's trying to torture his angst in, into it's going to be fine. It's society. It's, 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 they're fine. It's, 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 the, it's the kids. It's the kids. It's the, the, gen, it's the millennials. Those Gen Zers are the Packers should be ranked higher. No, it's not society. It's the receivers that can't catch. It's, <laughs> exactly. it's your weird quarterback that goes on uh, these like self-discovery tours instead of practicing with his teammates throughout the offseason. Cleanses. He likes cleanses. to cleanse. Cleanses. That's fine. Do cleanses, do all that stuff. But like, I love now how he's distancing himself at these press conferences from the team and the coaching. It's like, I'm over here and I'm amazing. All these other things are incompetent. I am Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he doesn't want to be associated with potential failure, even though he is in the middle of it. But yeah, go, Pat, go! This was a close game, and without the referees, they so, uh, Mason Crosby is lining up to tie the game at the end instead of get it three points cl- closer because that that call against uh, Bobby Cunyon, yeah, that was weak. Was absolute B- BS, absolute. Yeah. BS. I would agree. That was so not refs, good. Yeah, the refs continue to hose the pack. It was a pretty close game, too, with 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. It's 24-7. Uh, to 7. Pretty hey. close. You're within at least three scores there. Anything can happen. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Bills didn't cover. That's true. It was 11, right? 11, 11 and a yeah, half. Yeah, 11 and a half, and it's only 10. Little little backdoor cover for the pack there. Late cheap touchdown. points, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, that, that was mm-hmm. a cheap points. Cheap points. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, do we have any more, or does that conclude uh, Packer? We got, we got this quick little one. Well, All right, let's go. Our, go, Pat, go! Our great number one draft pick, Christian Watson. Number one, China Doll. Number two, total bust. <laughs> uh, go, Pat, go! That's hilarious. Just How did the... How did the Packers, with that pick, n- not take the Pickens kid who went to Pittsburgh? Uh, I, I don't know. Who's an, it's so hard to say that on draft night, though, right? Who knows? It's George Pickens. Yeah, there's a reason why you scout games, though. Like, what do you see in a kid that's playing at a small college and pass up a guy? I, I, like, yes, for us, it's very hard. But if you're Brian Gutekunst and you have a team of scouts, and by the way, to your point, you don't basically sign free agent players or receivers. You better hit on your draft pick for receivers. Also, do you think Aaron Rodgers, honestly, at this point in his career, do you think he is spending extra time with young receivers after practice, during practice, texting after 
everyone's gone home for the night. Like, do you think he is pouring any energy whatsoever into making those guys better? Doesn't feel like it. Because that makes a difference, right? If you okay, you get drafted by the Chiefs or something, or or the the whoever, right? You know, someone is there usually invested, and I just he just seems like he's not. He's only invested if they're doing well right now. But if they're right. not going to do well, it's kind of like ah, well, I'm I'm not really part of. I I wasn't the one that made the decision to, you know, put together these young receivers. I wonder in 15 years if that weirdo is going to wake up and come out, out of his haze and say, with all my talent, I won one Super Bowl and I turned into a freak at the no, end. No, I don't think he has any level of self-awareness. I Age, mean, the guy, has, the guy has completely stopped talking to his family. The guy has yeah, severed relationships with, I mean, I don't know. He just He's seems dating like, a witch, right? That is correct. Which is very out of pole. She is not for, a witch. For she Halloween. Just, she's not a witch. But Well, I'm not saying know. she's a bad person. I'm just saying I thought she was a, a, like a witch. So you get a spell on you. You don't know what that's like. Creatively. He he is like someone. This is worth talking about. He is like someone who had a spell cast on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think you're a rock star. I mean, he handles himself. He handles himself like a rock star way more than an athlete. I think he needs therapy more than anything else. I think therapy would go a longer way than some of the other stuff that he is partaking in. Uh, how about another round of, of statements here on right. this Monday? We'll, we'll start with you. Okay. Kevin O'Connell is the Vikings' most creative play caller since Dennis Green, oh, as wow. far as coaches All go. Right. Okay. Kevin O'Connell is the most creative play caller. If you go back, okay, Ticey, no chance. Um, some of that's Mike's fault, but Mike also was uh, told your OC is also going to have to coach your offensive line. Red did everything on the cheap. It's it's hard to be creative when your coaching staff is spread as thin as Mike's was. Brad Childress, other than when Favre improvised plays, I think we can safely say that, that while the KOA had its moments, the kick-ass offense wasn't super creative much of the time. Zimmer didn't care, you know, didn't care much about the actual offensive rhythms and structures, and so he certainly didn't have a, a role in what you would consider to be a creative offense, and plus the guy loved to run the football just to run the football. Kevin O'Connell, if you look at what he does on a game-by-game Bases, deep red zone. He's unbelievable. Um, this guy cooks up different looks, and what I love is this: he cooks up different looks with the play calling stew on a weekly basis, which puts things on film. To your point, Phil, the Rager play yesterday, he runs uh, he on that low red zone play, which resulted in the cook touchdown. He. Uh, he basically, it looks like they're going to go back to, to the play that they ran a couple weeks ago in a home game, which was a flip to Rager. They don't, but the Cardinals have to assume that they might, and so it results in a different form of oh, touchdown. yeah, the illusion oh, yeah. of complexity. The illusion yeah, of complexity, though. But it's really not, yeah. This is what we're talking about. When we talk about you want to put things on film so teams digest it and say we have to guard against that, and then you don't run that play. You run a play that looks like it. Kevin O'Connell has done a lot of good things when it comes to creative play calls, and I think we've been begging for that in this town for a long time. Yeah, and in the red zone, too. I mean, think about just how often they've used that jet sweep motion, and they've scored touchdowns on it by giving the ball to the jet sweeper. Yep. They have faked the handoff to the jet sweeper and then given the ball to Dalvin, like we saw yesterday for a touchdown. But then there's also the fake to the jet sweeper or or just let the jet sweeper run by, which is enough of a fake because he's you got to account for him. Yep. Fake the handoff and throw a pass. So that same action, and you can swap in Justin Jefferson for Jalen Rager, Adam Thielen for Justin Jefferson. You can swap in Alex Madison for uh, Dalvin Cook. You can throw a pass out of that set to a tight end or to a running back. You can throw a pass to the jet sweeper, which they've scored oh. a touchdown on. I feel like they've the, scored like the, six different types of touchdowns. Yes. Exactly. Get the flag. Kevin O'Connell. Get the flag. Good job, young man. Good job. Kevin. Even the flag. That's why 
why Declan's girlfriend loves him. Because of his play call. Yeah, that's why. It's not his jawline that she's <laughs> oogling over every time he comes on the screen or anything else. Yeah. He's a good-looking man. And then there's Declan doing okay. But, yeah. yeah, you don't really have the jawline going for I you. do not. No, I don't have no, the jawline. No. He's got the jawline nope. strong. It's, it's, it's a tall drink of water, too. Strong personality that uh, gets Dex, Dex tweets. Oh, you got good hair. hair. Thank you, You Jack. got the good hair. Thank you. You got attributes. Uh, my next statement, I'll say this. Chef Dalvin is cooking up something special here. So after a slow start to the season... Over the last three games, Dalvin Cook, 282 rushing yards, averaging 5.5 yards per attempt. He has found the end zone four times. You know, we started to question, is he slowing down a little bit? Is this no longer? Is this the running back wall that he's going to hit after touching the ball a ton over the last three to four years? Over the last three games, he's getting the ball a ton. He's hitting big chunk plays. He's finding the end zone. He's been a productive running back. Chef Dalvin Cook, we were sleeping on him a little bit, and I think also mixing in that workload, too, to your guys' point about Alexander Madison coming in. He averages five yards per carry plus yesterday. Just getting Dalvin Cook some rest here and there while getting the most out of him as well, I think is the most important part. And over the last three games, Dalvin Cook has been cooking up something special. Yeah, he he's not washed up. He's not washed up. Uh, I don't know that he's the same guy that he was three or four years ago, but and part of it might just be the fact that he's he's had a greater workload the last couple of weeks, but in general his workload has he's only averaging like sixteen carries a game this year. So and they are they are purposefully they go into the game saying, Okay, Alex Madison's gonna get like these two or three series for sure. If there's a big run, come out the field. They're not running him out there to the point of exhaustion or anything. There I think they have a plan for keeping him as fresh as possible. He had the uh the shoulder sling back on, which is good. Keep that thing on. Yeah, always wear it. Whenever he takes it off, he always has some sort of shooting pain that takes him out fumble. of the game for and, a while or a fumble. And a fumble, sometime. right. It's always a fumble. It drops the ball. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, my my next statement is the Vikings have finally fixed almost their entire offensive line with the exception of one glaring weakness at Ingram. I'm not ready to write Ed Ingram off forever. He's a rookie. I think he still has a lot of potential. But uh, when you watch that game, and there were some other guys getting beat too, but it was like every other play he was getting beat or I think he might have taken a penalty in there somewhere. A couple third downs where Kirk just didn't have a chance because J.J. Watt's just in his face. So they've got the tackles fixed. They've got a left guard for the next few years, it looks like. Bradbury isn't perfect, but he's probably playing the best football of his Vikings career to this point. Yep. And there's just kind of one big weak link that I don't know how long you can continue to to run him out there. I think at some point you it's a if you got the one weak link, it kind of brings the whole offensive line down. So um I'm taking a look at that here in the next couple couple Schlotman weeks. time, is that what you're telling me? It might be Schlotman time. Schlotman. That's right. It's time for a little Schlotman. It might be time. Yep. Um it might be time, too, for uh, some non-offensive linemen to lose some weight out there. Like, you met a listener this morning. Yes. That's yes. down a bunch of weight. Uh, so, Brent, from your ne- neck of the woods, Phil, in Spokane, huge fan of the Purple. He has been since he saw Rashad catch the the Hail Mary as a nine-year-old wow. on TV. His family didn't care a bit about the Vikings, but he said, I am going to be a Vikings fan and much like Judd, guess what? Over the years, he gained some weight, put some weight on, and it gets difficult because then you're like, when am I going to start to, to lose weight? Well, he saw our, our spots for our friends at Livia Weight Control Centers and said, you know what? If Judd Zolgad can drop weight, I can too. And Brent told me t- today in town for the game against the Cardinals that he has dropped 60 pounds. Wow. 60 pounds. Ongoing process. He's losing Hell more. Yeah. Let's Incredi- get it. Incredibly impressive. He loves our show. Shout out. And look, if you're saying now, hold on a second, Judd. Well, if Brent lost 60 pounds and you lost 40, then I can too. And you're exactly right about that. And here's the best part. You'll receive eight weeks for free. The Flex program, which has been instituted now, lets you enjoy the foods you love. Fruit, pasta, and even bread. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Livia, L-I-V-E-A dot com. Be like Brent. And guess what? He told me, I'm fitting into a ton of clothes. My jerseys fit great. Mm. That's because of the help that he got. Livia.com is where he started, and so should you. Yes. 
All right, boys. Any uh, any other statements from you guys, either from uh, Vikings, the NFL, your lives, anything else you want to throw out there here on this uh, Statements Monday? I don't think Jack so. I, I had a pretty tame weekend. I was telling Phil, well, actually, I, should, I shouldn't have said I have a tame weekend. Hit it a little hard on Friday at my sister's. But my observation was over the weekend, um, we were talking off mic, as an adult, I just... Post college, I have no interest in Halloween, and I know you two dudes are wearing Halloween costumes. I'm not. I'm not crapping on that. You oh, guys right, are wearing your costumes right now, but like yeah, as be crapping on Halloween, old feasties around here. As I enter now my 30s here in like six weeks, which even just kind of scares me a little bit. Uh, you're at, you're entering the greatest decade. It, I've the heard that decade too. of the 50s is great because you don't care. You lose all caring. Well, 30s you start to lose caring. Yeah. yeah. No, I no, I know. Yeah. I've been there. I, I don't know what it's like to be in my fifties yet, but you know, take take your word for it. Yeah, it's great. You, you just, just wear elastic bottom sweatpants everywhere. <laughs> That's just, how'd you know? <laughs> but uh, as I've gotten older, I just have no interest in doing like an adult Halloween party, like like just dressing yes. up and going and like getting boozed up. And don't get me wrong, I love me my drinks. I love having a good yeah. time. I love hanging out with yeah. friends. But like coordinating the costumes, doing all this noise, it, it, it's too much for me. It's too much. I was telling Dex off Mike Judd. Yeah. You know, we had a kind of an epiphany on, I believe it was Saturday night. So we actually did. We hopped on some scooters and we rode around the fall weather and we we did a little couple, little uh, bar hopping, day drinking. Nothing too irresponsible, but yeah. there was a new Mexican restaurant down the street oh, that we anyway. had to try out. I'm not passing judgment. There's a place called Tapster, which is you you basically. Uh, you get a card. Yeah. You put your you, and then you can just go to like all the taps. any of fifty different taps and just serve yourself and it's whatever. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that uh, after sampling, and I wasn't doing like full pints. I just wanted to sample like a third of a glass, third of a glass, and after like six of them, my card flashed on the screen and said, uh, "You're not cut off yet, but please check back in with the server yep. to make sure." They thought I've I was had, like they had, had like six pints. This has happened to me. I, I was sampling, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just, I was just, I was sampling. Yeah, just trying to sample. That sends an an alert to a detox place yeah. as well, then, <laughs> which comes and supposed to come and get you and take yeah. you away for but, a month. But the point, my roundabout Phil is point not here on. Is, my roundabout point here is A, I guess day drinking is fun. But B, uh, the thing that we look forward to the most is coming home at four o'clock. We had a Domino's pizza, for, like a free coupon for a Domino's pizza down the street. Yep. And we wanted to watch the Matthew Perry Chandler from Friends, the Matthew Perry Diane Sawyer interview mm-hmm. on demand on Hulu. Yeah, looks good. Very and then go to bed at like 8:30. Like that was we were so excited to just be old on Saturday night. Yeah, it's great. And, and that's the freedom that you will start to experience in your 30s is you don't feel the obligation to have to go out. You're going to st- like you made a comment that you guys were in bed by 11. We I heard were. that, and I'm like, my God, I can't remember like the last five times I've stayed up until 11 not watching a sporting event of some kind. So you will you will slowly start to go to bed earlier is my guess. The 30, you should look to embrace your 30s is what is what the life lesson is here. Yeah, you'll probably, so yeah, I, I found that that age is a great age. Your 40s, you're prone to hit some type of mid, midlife crisis. Which is why your fifties is great because then you just don't care anymore. And then what is the is the midlife know. crisis sort of like? Oh my god, I'm in my forties. Yeah, you want to be younger again, and I... you try and do dumb hmm. things because you're like, I want to be younger. Right. But it's sort of subconscious as well, so it's not like you're waking up each day. It's just sort. It's just sort of built in. Sure. But then when you get past that, it's just all great. And again, you know, you reach fifty, you don't know anymore. It's all a wild card. Every day is a bonus, yeah. which so, is why uh, I got my. Now that you've taken some life advice from okay. one guy dressed up as the Macho Man Randy right. Savage and another guy dressed up as Jared Allen with a twins bucket hat. With a twins bucket hat. Hopefully exactly you take right. this to heart, Declan. Son's not getting me, though. Listeners and viewers. <laughs> I will. This is good to okay. know. This is all good stuff. You're not listening. You're going to regret not listening. When you're 42 and you and you reach a midlife crisis, you're going to regret that you didn't listen to sports. And don't sleep on Diane Sawyer interviews, okay? No, She's I'm still not. a master at her craft. I, I watched a, a big part of that. Craft. Yeah, I want to watch I watched a big part of it. It was really Dude, good. Dude, he said he was doing 55 Vicodin a day. Oh, yeah. Huge drug problem. in the. 50, she goes, how yeah. did you even get 55 Vicodin a day? He would go, well, he would have all these doctors that he would tap into 
I don't know how that works. Like, hey, it's I'm going. I'm, I've got a migraine for the nineteenth time this month. Give me more Vicodin. But he said he would go to open houses and go through the medicine cabinets of open houses to steal their Vicodin. Oh yeah, that's a nasty addiction. Yeah, dude. The weird thing about those drugs is when when I got my appendix out that that's what you get you know the strong stuff the pain relief or the high is so short i can't imagine being addicted like it's not like it's not like okay i just took a vicodin and now it's three hours of bliss it's like there's an end time and then you start to come down yeah it's not it's not pleasant not fun i I quit I, i was like i can't do these drugs he was so there was a moment in like 2000, I think it was, where he was getting paid a mil- almost a million dollars a show on Friends. Yep. So he was part of the number one TV show, making a ton of money. Yep. And then he was the star of was it the whole nine yards or Fools Rush In, one of the two big movies that he was in that year. Number one box office, number one TV show. The only other person in history to have that at the same time was Michael J. Fox in the 80s. Yeah. And he said, oh. and I was alone in a dark room, and the only people I was communicating with when I wasn't doing, like, press media and working were my drug dealers and other people that he shouldn't have been dealing How with. How did he live? Yeah, I mean, it's... You'll yeah, have to tune in. Go, go, go watch, watch On it. Demand to yeah, find out. That's remarkable. Diane Sawyer and Matthew mm-hmm. Perry. And go to good. bed at 8.15. There's nothing wrong with going to bed at 8.15. <laughs> Zero. Uh, especially when it's dark out, you know? So it's like dark at like four thirty or five o'clock. Just go to bed. I, I think I watched um, the conclusion of the Wild Detroit game on Saturday. It got done here like at what Dex nine eight forty five or so. Yeah. So that dawn, I'm going to bed. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. No, it's a sandwich. No, it's a hoagie. Oh yeah. All right, that is a wrap. I'm Mackie and Judd here today. Please click subscribe on the Scornorth YouTube channel and check out scornorth.com/slash/shop for some purple daily swag. If you're into that sort of thing, we'll oh, yeah. see you guys tomorrow. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring after two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability. Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.